I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast, the show for ambitious women ready to get off the hot mess express. I know you've got a lot going on. You work so hard. You're raising an incredible family, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm your host, Michelle Grosser. I'm a certified master life coach, attorney, wife, and mom. And years ago, I was right where you are. I was running a busy law practice while raising a family, and I was on the fast track to burnout. I thought I just needed to be more organized or have better routines, but it was learning how to heal and regulate my nervous system that expanded my capacity to gracefully hold more of this big, beautiful life. You too are worthy of an extraordinary life in and beyond motherhood. Learning to be a calm, anchoring presence in your home and at work is going to be your superpower. If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. What's up, you guys? Michelle here. You are listening to the Calm Mom Podcast. On today's episode... One of my favorite conversations and something we have not talked about yet on the show, co-parenting. And our guest today is Mickey Gardner. She is a certified life and conscious parenting coach. She's the co-host of Co-Parenting with Confidence podcast, and she's the mom of three. And after learning how to navigate her life post-divorce and then using that experience as a catalyst to her own transformation, she now helps moms move past the divorce drama and helps them to become calm, confident co-parents, even without their ex's participation. She is on a mission to help women navigate the emotional and practical difficulties of divorce and co-parenting while creating an intentional joy and ease-filled life after divorce. We talk about so many good things in this episode. We talk about 
Um, why does conscious parenting, like, what does it actually mean to be a conscious parent? How can it benefit a co-parenting situation? Mickey shares tangible tips with us, how we can take responsibility and accountability for your half of co-parenting and how we can respond to life rather than just reacting to it. Enjoy this conversation with Mickey. Mickey, welcome to the Calm Mom podcast. So excited to have you with us today. Uh, Thank you so much, Michelle, for having me. I am beyond excited for this. Awesome. So we're going to talk co-parenting today. Um, We talk about a lot of things on the podcast. We talk some some parenting, but we haven't talked co-parenting before. So I'm really uh, believing that there's a lot of people listening that are going to be blessed and encouraged and inspired and grow in awareness in this conversation. Before we jump into it, just kind of tell people you're also the host of your own podcast. You've been doing this work. You're your mom, um, but tell a little tell a little bit about who you are. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, this is such a timely conversation because we all need it. But you know, I came to this like so many of us did. Uh, I am a certified now a certified life and conscious parenting coach. I do host a web uh, podcast, like you said. Um, I work with moms one-to-one learning how to co-parent with confidence. Uh, and I most, my most important and beloved job is being mom to my little Leland, who's now 13. I literally cannot believe this. And he's a teenager. <laughs> and then I, I know. And then two bonus kids and I'm a dog mom, which is very important to me as well. So, you know, that's who I am, but you know, I never intended to be here in my past life. I was a wedding planner. I was traveling all over the world doing, you know, million dollar plus weddings and events and travel and uh, really had a small business, loved it. I was type A perfectionist doing all the things. And in what felt like an instant, but looking back was not, Mm -hmm. um, I found out that my marriage was not what I thought it was. Um, It led to a very long uh, period of trying to figure things out, trying to work through things. Um, But we ended up deciding that divorce for us was the option, the most loving option for our family. And so that really became a catalyst for me because as a true perfectionist and people pleaser, I had built an entire life around control and the outward facade of what things looked like. Yeah. And I'd been in therapy and I'd done all the things, but I really hadn't figured out what it was that I needed to do to be able to parent the way I wanted to, um, to be able to now co-parent, which I think is like parenting, uh, ninja level parenting because, (laughs) because there's so much complexity to it. And so I really had a lot of pain and shame, uh, around the divorce, which kept me very, sort of insulated, very, not in a good way, but looking inward and not reaching out for help. And Mm -hmm. so my healing journey took a long time and I made a lot of mistakes, which have impacted my son and myself. Um, And I just now am so grateful that I've learned to do the work um, and gain the skills to know how to navigate things in a healthier way. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I'm doing is trying to teach moms and empower them and mentor them on the path to learning how to become calm, confident co-parents. That's a lot of C's, even without their ex's participation, which is the key. 
So I really am wanting to empower moms to learn how to show up in their life in the chaos, in the conflict, in all the things they can still show up oh, in a really beautiful way. Yes. Yes. So I resonate with so much of your story and I feel like we're so aligned on so many of our mm-hmm. philosophies, I guess, with this. I also started my career in event planning. You um, did? Yeah. Back when I was in college, I actually worked for Harley Davidson. Wow. I know. And I worked in their <laughs> meeting and events department. So I w- I spent three years just traveling with them, putting mm. on events for their dealers. So fun. Which is so fun, but so random. Um, and then obviously went to law school and now, now this work that I'm doing now, but I just love how you kind of finished that commerce or that introduction talking about, um, what control we actually have, I think, mm-hmm. and then releasing other people's response or what we think they should be doing or could be doing or all of oh. that stuff and really getting to a place where like we can be okay, regardless of how someone else performs or doesn't or meets our expectations or doesn't. Um, Mm -hmm. which I think is true of trying to co-parent after divorce. Mm -hmm. And it's also true if you're married and trying to co-parent with another human being also, or just raising kids, right. To get together with a partner. Absolutely. And, you know, we were just talking about this, but I really define co-parenting as parenting with anyone that you don't agree with a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much all of us. And I always remind my clients because a lot of times when we have a big sort of rupture like divorce, it's really easy to point to the divorce and say, well, all of the problems are because of this, or all of the problems are because of what happened that ended the marriage. Okay. Maybe, maybe not. But what's most important is you guys probably didn't agree on these things when you were married. Yeah. And the divorce probably hasn't sort of made, yes, it's made them more visible or more challenging to deal with, but it's important to understand that your level of control hasn't changed, whether you're married or not married. And if there is one thing I hear from co-parenting moms, it's this idea of, I have less control, I have less say. And yes, on, on the surface, you do because you have less time with your children, which is the absolute hardest thing. I, If there is one thing that I've learned across the, sport, across the board, it's that losing the time with our children, I can't do anything to make that easier for you. Mm. Um, it still makes me teary. I still get upset every time that my son has to leave me. And I know that I am biologically wired to love and care for that child. So when he's separated from me, yes, it's going to hurt. Yes, it's going to feel awful. Yes, it is going to feel wrong. And I get to choose how I experience this. I can either go down with the ship and all the things that are wrong, or I can start to look at, well, how am I going to love and nourish and take care of myself? when I do have this time so that I am even more capable of showing up for him or them or her or whomever you have Mm -hmm. when they are with you, because that's one thing that I, you know, it's, it just takes the healing and the processing and the learning to support yourself and your children because it's different. But I always like to tell moms, like, of course, you're going to feel sad because that's what we do. We're moms. Right. It's like, a lot of times with our emotions that we tend to um, judge, I think, as they as they arise, mm-hmm. it's this understanding or coming from this place of compassion where like, I'm actually having an absolutely biologically appropriate response yes. to what is happening around me, right? 
Right. And if we can allow for that, which, you know, if we can sort of become aware, and this is where the conscious part of it comes in, if we can become aware of what's going on, and then we're able to enter into that compassionate place to say, oh, okay, this is happening. No, I may not like it, but I also can't change it. What can I do? And so that steps into, I have sort of three A's through conscious parenting, but it's really all starts with that awareness. And I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's those feelings that we don't want to have. It's the feelings we want to brush under the rug. It's the ones that we want to stuff down and never think about that are the ones that are there to teach us the most. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. You um, brought up the word conscious and conscious parenting. And I think that Sometimes as parents, these things are just thrown around on the term. Like we hear gentle parenting, conscious parenting, and we like kind of think we have an idea of what's going on. Right. And yeah. Um, Which I think are are all awesome. Tell us a little bit about how conscious parenting or first what, what that even means, right. To you and um, how it kind of factors in to parenting and co-parenting. Yeah. So conscious parenting as as I understand it and believe in it, Mm -hmm. um, it does not mean perfect parenting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It simply means that you are aware of what you're doing and why you're doing it, even when that awareness comes after the fact. And this is an important thing to understand because consciousness is really just awareness, awakeness, Mm -hmm. being mindful, being understanding, being eyes open in a situation. Because the vast majority of the time, all we're doing is reacting. Right. And that is unconscious, right? And I know you're the expert here on sort of all the neurological parts of this and what's going on in the nervous system. But when we are in reaction mode, we are not using our logical thinking brain. And so part of learning how to be conscious is learning how to take care of yourself, how to calm your nervous system, how to become aware of what's going on so that you then get to choose, mm. right? You can then step into um, the three, I'll just say the three A's yeah. that I laid okay, them good. out as. Because I was going to ask you, I'm like, yeah. I want to know what these three A's are. So it's awareness. Yep. Step number one, because everything starts with awareness. It's mindset, Agreed. right? Yes. The desire to be conscious, the desire to be awake. And so it starts there. The second A is agency. What choice do you have? No, we don't get to control other people, although we really wish we could, right? As be moms, so easy. It would, I know. Wouldn't it be so much better if they just listened to us, did what we said, and well, then we're right. question us? We're <laughs> yeah. always right. Of course. <laughs> right. So that's part of it is understanding what, what agency do I have in this situation, knowing we never have control over other people, but we absolutely have control over the way that we respond. Mm-hmm. And then that leads to aligned action, which is the third A. What is the what are the actions that I can take in this moment based on what I'm aware of, mm-hmm. what choices I have available? What's the aligned action that can keep me moving in the direction that I want to go? Mm-hmm. And it really, to me, is all really boils down to getting out of reaction, learning those skills to become more present, to become more aware, to become more in control of our experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we can take responsibility, which I define as response hyphen ability, the, the ability to respond to life. And that's getting out of that reaction and then into your responsibility. And what I want to empower all moms is you can take 100% responsibility over your 50% of parenting. Yep. 
And if you do that, game changer for you and your kids. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, those are so good. Um, As you were talking about the first one with the awareness, I would love to hear your take on the role that curiosity plays. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, I love that you just brought that up. That was where my journey really began was with curiosity. Cause I think as a perfectionist, I wasn't super curious, right? I was just really, really controlling. Um, And I saw, I'm sure you are, and many of your listeners are familiar with Brene Brown, that Ted talk from however many years ago, I remember we were separated, not yet divorced. I had spent another evening with, I'm sure, a bottle of wine and feeling very depressed about my life. And I found that TED Talk and I watched it. And there was a woman that had I am enough sharpied across her chest. I don't know if you remember it, but to me, I mean, I still feel a visceral reaction when I think about it. And I laughed out loud. Excuse me. I laughed out loud and thought, how dare she? Who is she to think that she's enough? I mean, I was mad, really mad at this poor woman on the screen, you know, that I couldn't believe that she could think this. So I went to bed. I woke up the next morning, but I woke up like, hmm, does anyone actually think that? Does anybody actually feel enough in life? Like this, this was totally beyond my perspective. So I decided to go on a little bit of a curiosity journey. And I decided to follow my curiosity wherever it led me. So this little like, hmm, maybe people do think they're enough. Hmm, maybe people do like their own company. Hmm, right, like all these things. And I ended up very shortly after that at adult summer camp. Tell me more. I hated I, I hated I hated summer camp as a child, but I ended up in adult summer camp. Amazing, amazing. And it was probably one of the most extraordinary three days of my life. Um, one of the speakers there said, I don't understand what's going on here. You people seem like you're on something because you're having so, so much fun. I mean, we were just all I like wanna, having the best time. I want to know more about this and I want to go. <laughs> so I that's know. Like amazing. They don't do it anymore, but it was like the best ever. And, but what it did is I had, um, I took a talk when I was there and it was about the neuroscience of happiness and mm-hmm. it was all about positive psychology. Mm-hmm. So I then followed my curiosity to New York city where I went for seven months and learned all about positive psychology and absolutely loved that. And when I was there, I met a dear friend who I love and adore who's a life coach, never heard of this. I'm like, what, what on earth is this? (laughs) And so just one thing led to another. I went to a coaching thing. Then I went to another coaching school, but I love the idea of just following those little breadcrumbs Yeah, because that's being aware. That's Mm -hmm. being awake enough to just say, Hmm, like, what don't I know? Mm -hmm. What is here for me to learn from? What could I what could I glean from this? And so when we start to walk into curiosity, we start to let go of the death grip yeah. on the on the situation and start to learn to flow with life a little bit more yeah. so that we can then become more aware and start to look at what we can do yeah. and what power we do have. Yeah. And then really create different, you know, different choices for ourselves and our families. 
That's such a good story. I'm so glad I asked that. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to ask that. I just, I was curious. Um, yeah. Man, that was so good. Another thing that you kind of brought up in that story that I also want to touch on because I, I'm going to make an assumption and then I want you to talk on it is that I assume one of the biggest um, shifts from going from being like two parents in the same household, raising kids to, to having your children, not with you all of the time. And then sp- time being raised outside of your, your care is um, the perceived lack of control. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I would just like you to talk a little bit about control and maybe some of the mindset shifts you had to have around control and maybe some of the underlying stuff that you kind of help your clients get curious mm-hmm. about. Cause I think when we have that instinct to control things, there's some sort of fear beneath that. And I oh, wonder yeah. how we can, how we can kind of, you know, approach that urge to control, whether we're co-parenting or not, um, in a way that, that serves us better instead of annoying everyone around us and not mm-hmm. really, not really being particularly effective. Yeah. You know, one of <clears throat> this comes up all the time, but a lot I see is, you know, moms will get very upset with what their children are eating at the other house or, yeah um, sleep schedule or, you know, any number of things. Mm -hmm. And so I had one client recently that she said, you know, I just really want to know that my baby's taken care of. So she was packing meals, Uh all the food, all the stuff. I mean, I used to sneak vitamins in the bag all the time, right? Like I'm just helping. I'm just helping. Right. But it's, it's sort of like all of these needs that we want to meet. And we're so, upset when, when maybe they aren't, but, um, you know, this one mom that I was working with consistently, there were McDonald's bags on the counter when she would enter the house to pick up her daughter mm-hmm. and she would never, there's nothing wrong. I'm not, I'm not Coming terrorizing McDonald's, McDonald's <laughs> here. Yeah. I have, I have friends that work there, like all good. Um, but for her, this wasn't aligned with where she wanted to go. Yeah. But it was the amount of internal struggle, worry, drama, and anger that was coming out for her when she wasn't able to do anything about it. And she was trying to manipulate around it. She was trying to adjust instead of sort of sitting. And that's what we needed to do. Exactly what you said is what's really going on underneath this. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's a fear underneath it, underneath the control. There's something that she needed to really work on. And we couldn't go anywhere until we sort of were able to unpack all of that. And that's where I think having a coach, a therapist is great. Right. Um, I love coaching and sort of mentoring people because you can't see the forest for the trees. Yep. And so to have someone sitting outside the forest saying, like, do you see that? Do you see that? It opens up the path for you to answer your own questions because, right, you and Michelle, you and I both know we don't have the answers. Mm -mm. If we did, we'd be gazillionaires. I just, it's so funny you're saying that. I had a uh, discovery call this morning and I was talking to this woman about the same thing. I'm like, you are so wise. I'm like, you need some guidance. You need some, Mm -hmm. you know, you need some, uh, some perspective shifts here. You need some accountability, but I'm like, you are like that that acorn and you have everything within you that you need. And it's, it's, it's exactly to your point. Like you, you've got it. We've, we've all got it within us. It's just having. Yeah. I love that you said that because my little acorn is sitting on my desk, but he sits there every key. She, (laughs) 
sits there every time. And I tell people, like, everything's in you, right? You just need a little bit of sunlight and water and perspective shift, right? Learning those skills. And so I think it's so important. Um, I got a little sidetracked there, but, you know, it's so important for us to start to understand what am I feeling here? What am I afraid of? Because part of the answers are in that. Yes. Right. Those feelings that I don't want to feel, they're just messengers. Mm -hmm. If we're willing to sit with them, get curious about them, uncover the information in them, it gives us more power and more access to move forward. And I know for me, I, um, I wrote a book that's coming out in October, which I'm really excited about. Um, thank you. Yeah. I'm it's, uh, the people pleasers guide to co-parenting. Well, um, so I'm super excited about it, but one of the things that I open with is goes back to this question. I wanted so much to control yeah. everything that happened when he was at his dad's house. I mean, I packed clothes. I, I'm, I was, I took the meals. I did. I, and I overextended, mm -hmm. um, no, I'll pick him up. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. But all of it was this attempt to control the outcome, control the situation. Um, and it was really me not trusting me to be okay mm, wow. with whatever happened. Oh, I'm so sorry. And I had to learn how to be okay with that. Um, but as long as I wasn't, I was just so busy. And I remember my son was really struggling. Um, for all you moms that are going through this, they say, the experts, um, you know, it takes the parents about 12 to 18 months to level out post-divorce, kind of come back to a state of like, okay, a little bit more calm. Mm -hmm. That is when your kids then can start their process of healing. Wow. So when your kids are showing signs two to three years post-divorce, I, I was like, what's going on? It couldn't be us. It couldn't be the divorce. It couldn't be any of those things, but it can be. And they're on their own timeline. But I remember sitting in the natural, natural pass office. We had been to everything under the sun to try to help my son and his quote unquote issues. And I remember the doctor walked out of the room. She was talking about the poop tests and all the things that we're going to do. And a sweet little boy, it was my birthday, where his dad and he and I are sitting in this office. And he looked at me and he goes, mama, why are we here? I don't think I'm broken. Oh. And it's, I still cry when I think about it. It, it gutted me. And I immediately said, no, 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 no. We're just looking for resources. We're just going to do all the things. But in that moment, I knew that I had to get a handle on myself because my hyper um, arousal state of trying to control and fix the only message it was sending my child is that there was something wrong with him. And I, I didn't know then, but I figured it out over the time. The best thing that I could do for him was learn how to calm myself down, become grounded and present so that I could be a soft space for him to land. Mm -hmm. Other like that's and that's all I wanted to be for him. Yeah. But I actually had to do my work to get there. Yeah. And that is where I really think this these three steps of learning how to become aware, learning how to understand the choices that you do have available to you. Yes. And then how to take action. Like you said, accountability. How do you, how do you take action in the direction you want to go? Especially when people are trying to pull you 
in a different direction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. He's so blessed to have you as his mom. Oh, I can only imagine. I'm, I can only... I'm the blessed one. I've got a question for you. Do you sometimes feel like you're more sensitive than other people? Does the routine stress of life just feel overwhelming? Maybe sometimes you feel like you could just tap out or run and hide. Are you really creative? You got this great imagination. Or maybe you feel like you're disconnected from your body or like you're a misfit here on earth. You might have thought that's just how you are. All these things are just part of your personality, but they're actually coping mechanisms that you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially in this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You've got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit, then they became a pattern. Now, as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's interesting, right? There are five personality patterns. They're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategies that you immediately go to when you start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who you are, but rather what is blocking who you are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern and live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. You talk about this accountability and these, like for people who either, you know, are just like, wow, I'm I'm in her, sh-, like she's, she's reading my life story too. Like I, I've been living this or people who are going through divorce now and know they're going to be stepping into a season of co-parenting or even people who are, who are still parenting under the same roof and are just really mm-hmm. feel like they're on different, mm-hmm. different pages with their, with their partners. Um, what are some like not overwhelming ways? Cause the whole thing I would imagine feels overwhelming. Um, it's such a shift and a transition. What are some ways, some good ways I think that people can kind of start this process or kind of like kick it off on the right foot or some, I don't know how, how you, how you might encourage someone who's stepping into this. Yeah. So I'll, um, I'm sort of debating here, which way I want to go, but I think, um, you know, one of the things that I hear so much of is communication, right. Mm -hmm. And toxic communication. And there's always, I mean, I, I feel like it's almost every call, you know, it's, well, he, you know, I just sent a text asking if he was going to be there at pickup. Right. And then the, so she sends a text and then her ex sends a note back. That's kind of snarky, has a little bit of judgment laced in there. Right. And then she says, well, I have to defend myself. Right. So she sends another note back and then he sends a note back. And then they're in the vicious spiral that really very quickly goes into, I call them the nasty gram. Mm -hmm. where it just is all out warfare. So understanding that first and foremost, that, you know, defense is the first act of war. Mm, So we have to learn and become aware of when we are in a reactive state, when we are triggered, because likely you're already down the road of reacting. So even if, even if you're already down the road and you've already sent 
six nasty grams back and you suddenly realize, oh my gosh, how did I just get here? Mm. That is your moment of awareness. awareness. So we stop, right? We hit the pause button. There's no easy button, right? But we can hit the pause button and we can take a breath or three or 10, however many, until you feel a little bit more calm, right? Because we've got to get the thinking brain back online. And that can only happen once we calm our nervous system. Then we decide, okay, I'm aware I've been triggered. I'm having big emotions and I'm, I'm in auto react right now. Mm -hmm. So I got to pause, take it down. And now I have to decide what do I have available to me? The universe made it super simple for us. We only have three options ever. You can accept something, you can change it, or you can leave it. Mm. So acceptance means, can I accept the situation exactly as it is without any anger or resentment? If you can do that, we have nothing to talk about. Great. Off you go, right? Accept <laughs> away. <laughs> if you can't, we look at change. This isn't how can I change the other person? What thing do I need to do to make them change? It's really about, is there something that I can do to shift the situation or my experience of it? Mm -hmm. And then do I want to? Mm. If the answer to that is yes, I can shift or change, right? Then we do that. If you cannot change anything about it and you can't accept it, well, then maybe we have to leave it. Now, that doesn't mean like we just leave, what is it, like TikTok boundaries where you just leave everything, right? right. <laughs> it's like, no, it might look like figuratively leaving, meaning I will not have this conversation until we can speak with kindness and respect. Yep. And you just leave the conversation, right? With your child, with your ex. Jeff and um, I do that. Like we're we're married, but there's so often, not so, I shouldn't say so often. Sometimes we get to a point where we're just like, I love you and I love me. We're going to pause this. We're going to come yes. back to it because yes. got to leave it. Yeah, exactly. So it's sort of, that's where the agency comes in to say, well, can I accept it? Can I change it? Or do I have to leave it? Okay. And sometimes we do have to leave situations, but it's like, at what expense? You can continue having having the same argument with your ex as many times as you want. And that's what we do. We're like, maybe if I can figure out the way to say it this time, they'll understand and they'll agree with me. And then all the problems will go away. Mm. Well, sweetie, you've been trying when you were married. You've been trying since you got divorced. It really isn't as much about you figuring out the right words and you standing in your groundedness in your presence and saying, this is what I will and I won't accept. This is what I can and can't do. And I'm going to love myself and my child. And I dare say, love your ex mm. through the process. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's where we then start to say, like, what am I going to do here? It might look like lovingly leave, leaving a conversation. I mean, I think my greatest parenting sentence is I love you and no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> good. Right. But we have to say that to ourselves too. Yeah. I love you too much, meaning me, to send these messages. I love myself too much to allow myself to get triggered and then create a mess that I'm going to have to clean up later. And so it's really about deciding what you want to do with your 50% of this relationship and how you want to experience it. And I say focus 100% on keeping your side of the street clean 
let them mess up their side. Mm -hmm. But you keep yours clean and organized and moving in the direction you want. Yes. As you're talking about keeping your side of the street clean, (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Um, I would imagine that part of that transition and now you, you have time that has opened up and you probably have opportunities. I think a lot of times we can get lost in this identity of motherhood. And if now we're in a season where things have kind of shifted and our kids aren't with us 24 mm-hmm. seven, um, I think there can be an, a temptation to kind of, I don't know, wallow in that maybe, or, but it's also an opportunity, I think, to find other ways to fill that time and re-explore who we are at this point and just, mm-hmm. just kind of really reinvent, you know, who we are at that point. And I, guess I'm just curious and would love to hear you talk about that a little bit. Like that's also a choice that we can make now that we mm-hmm. have these, these, this, just this different rhythm and this different schedule. Like, yeah, I could sit here and and it's going to suck for, for a lot. And I, and I get that. And that's probably part of the grieving process of it, but then also like, what are some opportunities um, that, that actually arise out of that? Yeah. I love, I love this question. And this is probably, it seems like the simplest thing. Oh, you have all that time. So just, you know, do it. But that time alone often is really triggering for people. You know, how am I going to get through this? Sometimes they end up spending all of the time, maybe partying or out or socializing or doing whatever, or cleaning the house obsessively or whatever it is, or under the covers the entire time. Right. I think one thing that so many of my clients do, it's like we talk about the non-negotiables. These are the little promises that you're going to keep to yourself. And each of my clients says, oh, I got this. Yeah, no problem, Mickey. I I totally have this, right? And I know from my own life, these these things are not that easy, but they're really important because your non-negotiables are really there to nourish you and fill you up. And during those times that you don't have your children, it really is acknowledging, okay, this is actually going to be hard for me because I tend to feel very lonely. I start to get sad. Maybe I start to get then angry and spiral into all the why, why did this happen? All of that. So it's, again, awareness. Okay, this is the pattern that I see. This is how I get triggered. What am I going to do to support myself to move through it differently? And so when we have these non-negotiables and I make them make a self-love list, 20 things that their soul loves. What are like some examples that people come up with for people? Yeah. Taking a walk, Mm -hmm. putting your feet in the grass, Mm -hmm. um, lying down in the grass and letting the sun hit your face, Um, having a cup of tea and reading a book, Uh, a walk with a friend right? Any of these things. And you know what, if like binge watching Grey's Anatomy, I'm going to, I'm going to push you a little bit outside like that, but whatever we can do to make this sort of list of 20 things. And then all you have to do during those times isn't have this grand vision for all the amazing things that you're going to do. It's when you do get sad and lonely that you sort of sit with that again, pause, take a breath and just pick one thing. And even if you just go for a walk for 10 minutes, go back to bed. Right? If you're if you're feeling that sadness, okay, do that. But also start to say I have other things that I can do. Start to build the other tools. Mm-hmm. Ask for help. Ask for support. 
right? And a lot of times that is one of the hardest things because especially when you have mom friends that aren't in this situation and they all well-intentioned say, oh my gosh, what I wouldn't give for two days to myself, right? Without my, without my children, nothing seems worse. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it is about surrounding yourself with people who understand what you're going through so that you can say like, I'm having a hard time. Mm. And just to have someone say, I love you. Right. It doesn't, we don't, and I guess that's for, you know, I'm sort of doing a little PSA here, but if you have a friend that's going through divorce, ask, how can I best support you in this? Because I know that I can't understand what you're going through, but I'm all in if you tell me what you need. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Right. Really just acknowledging what's going on because I think that's, we hide and we don't want to, we don't want to say that we're not doing okay. But doing okay really comes from when you learn how to make the decisions that move you forward instead of just trying to ignore and avoid what isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. It takes a lot of bravery. It does. Yeah. Yeah. But us moms, we're amazing and we're brave and we're courageous. We sure are. We're not. Yeah. So they can do it. Yeah. We are enough. I now have it tattooed (laughs) on me. Oh my gosh, I love that. I love that. Okay, this is like perfect because I, I was thinking of this like question how that I wanted to kind of wrap up with today. I would love um, now, however many years you are on the flip side of that, I would love to hear what you're most proud of in your co-parenting journey. Mm. What am I, this is a hard question, right? Because I feel like I'm tooting my own horn. Um, I think what I am most proud of is that I was able to come to a place where I can honestly say I have a full heart, um, and love for both my ex and his partner, his wife. And that didn't come overnight. Um, it was also a decision that I made that it was in my son's best interest to have a family unit that loved him even in two houses. And so that decision to love my ex and love his wife took action. It took consistent action Mm -hmm. and it still takes (laughs) the decision and the commitment to remember that that is my, that is my vision. And that's what I hold really firmly to is that I believe that that's what's in our best interest and that's how we're going to co-parent well. And no, I don't have to call him up and be like, I love you. Did you know, did I tell you I loved you today? Mm -hmm. No, I don't tell him that. Right. But he also knows that I've been able to let go and offer forgiveness. And this is the F word that many of us don't like to talk about, but forgiveness is really just for you and learning how to let go and really move forward in a way it's like let them carry their baggage you don't have to carry it and so i think that's one of the most important first steps is to forgive yourself forgive the other for what happened in the past we can't change it but we can change what we're doing moving forward if we're aware and so we've got to start there and that's where the consciousness comes in Hmm. 
that that's the mic drop. <laughs> the <laughs> mic drop. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, love is. I know so many, so many think love is a feeling, and you you're so right. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's a choice. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a choice, and then we carry out the actions. It's so good. And then I guess just just also to touch on the forgiveness, we haven't really spent um, a lot of time there today, but you know when I I, I do a lot of coaching around mom guilt. And I'm assuming mm-hmm. that that is probably a big part of, of what you coach oh, on so too. And, and one of the ways in which I coach through guilt is really that there's only one way through it, right? Mm-hmm. We do all the processing and we do well, all this stuff, whatever. But at the end of the day, there's only one way through guilt and it's forgiveness. Yeah. And it's really getting to a place where we can grow in that awareness and that self-compassion and that curiosity to a place where we're not, it's not just like um, spiritually bypassing anything or or, mm-hmm. or being toxically positive, but where we truly can embody forgiveness um, and 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 watch what that does. It's, it's so powerful. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And if I can figure out, if I ever figure out how to spiritually bypass or toxic positivity out of it, I'll, <laughs> I'd be the first to do it. It's so much easier, but yeah, right, it, but doesn't doesn't no, it doesn't last. It doesn't. No, no. Wow. So we have to do that work. Yes. Yes. And that's why doing the somatic side of it too, that I work on is so, is so important because so many times we want to get stuck in our head and it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, I just like, let me be positive about this. And it's like, that's a great first step. Like that's going to serve you well. And there's everything like from the neck down that we've got to get on board with this thing too. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't use the same thing that caused the problem to, for the solution, right? It's like, you're thinking it like, that's how you got into this. We've got to do something different. And that's where, like you just said, there's a lot happening in our body. What can we learn from it? Those feelings are things happening in our body. They're messengers. Yeah. When, how can we dive in to sort of get the information that we need to actually make change? Oh, so good. Okay. So for people who are listening, who are like, I need her, <laughs> I, need, <laughs> I need more of this. Um, tell us where, where you hang out, where people can find you. And then also tell us a little bit more about this book. You said it's coming out in October. Yes. In October. I don't have the launch date yet, but um, it will be there soon. I'm so excited about it. It's been a it's been a journey and it's been on my heart a long time. So I'm super excited to bring it here. And it's really the stories of some of my beautiful clients who have made such extraordinary transformations and the lessons that we can learn from each of these extraordinary women. Um, But if you are interested, if you're like, okay, this 3A thing, like, I think I could do this because they are simple steps. I have a free masterclass that I hope you'll share with your audience. It's like 20 minutes. It's super simple and easy, but just gives you a little bit more framework around what that looks like and how you can start to actually affect change in your life um, and learning how to take that responsibility. But I hang out on Instagram. I'm there at Mickey Gardner. Um, my name is M is in Mary, I-K-K-I, uh, G-A-R-D-N-E-R. It's also my website. So I kept everything the same to make it easy. Uh, but I'm really there. And then my podcast, which is uh, uh, Co-Parenting with Confidence, where I really just try to give you as many tools and ideas and inspiration to learn how to be a calm, confident co-parent. Oh, man. Okay. So we're going to link all of that for you guys Thank in you. the show notes. Yes. And make sure that you're following along so you can know when the book comes out and get a copy. Um, and for the masterclass and the book and all of this stuff, I just so strongly believe that it's not just for people who are parenting from separate mm-hmm. households, um, but every single one of us want to be 
calm, conscious parent um, and raising children with any other human being is a journey uh, of inner growth in and of itself. So thank you for all of these resources. I'm really grateful for the work that you're doing. Thanks for being here with us today. Uh, Thank you. And all of the love and light you're putting out in the world is extraordinary. And I'm grateful for you and what you're doing. So thank you for having me today. My pleasure. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you.